0: Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Come on, I said, good morning, everyone. Hallelujah. God bless you guys. And hello to everyone in the city of chicago god bless you come on philly let's put our hands together for our family in chicago it is a bright sunny day in philadelphia i don't know what it's like in chicago this is the day that the lord has made we will be glad and rejoice in it and i'm so excited to continue with you on this series out of the book of mark titled walking in power. Everybody say walking in power. We can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Since the time that the church was born, Jesus promised that his people would walk in power. If we seek him, we will find him. Amen. If you go after God and you ask him for the power of God, you will experience God's power flowing through your life. And, excuse me, and today This is a very unique chapter in the sense that, or should I say story in chapter 6, because we're going to be dealing with something that everyone faces. And we've got to learn how to deal with the uniqueness of this story. I want to say this, when you walk in power... It's always walking in power is always personal first. You walk in power meaning that you're walking in personal victory first. And then as you're walking in personal victory, then people start to feel something about your life. And you start to make an impact on other people's lives. The book of Mark is Jesus on the move. The book of Mark is meant for all of us to see that we can live on the move walking In the power of God. And in today's story, which I'll be reading in a moment, what you see is a very special occurrence that Jesus allowed for the disciples to go through. Just before uh, um, this particular episode, Jesus has just done a miracle. He just fed 5,000 men and then women and children just with a handful, with somebody's lunch, he basically did this great miracle, and then he tells them, I want you to get on the, I want you to get on the boat, and I'm gonna meet you on the other side. And Jesus goes to pray, and then the disciples get hit by a storm. The disciples get hit by a storm. How many know we gotta learn how to deal with storms because everyone gets hit? by a storm amen it's part of life we from uh, uh uh from start to finish even though we've got lots of miracles they just experienced this miracle they went from miracle to storm but how many know after the storm there were uh, there were just other miracles that god had for them to experience but let's look at this story because here's the key with storms if you don't handle your storms correctly We have a propensity to go back to almost like first grade in our faith. As I read to you today, the key is is that when you go through a storm, you don't want to go back to first grade. How many want to graduate? How many want to get stronger? The Bible says we go from, from strength to strength and from glory to glory. So let's look at this story here. And we're not moving back. We're kind of going to learn how to navigate our storms. Mark chapter 6 says this. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida. While he dismissed the crowd. This is right after, after the miracle. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Now let me pause right here. And say, if Jesus took the time to get away and pray, how many know we need to get alone with God and pray? Okay, no matter what you're going to face, if you get alone with God and you pray, how many know you're going to be ready for anything that comes your way? Amen. So he goes away, and then it says, later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them uh, walking on the lake. He was about to pass them by. But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. And then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. And they were completely amazed, watch this, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. Their hearts were hardened. So here's, what, here's what's going down, and we're going to pray in a moment. So here's what happens. They see Jesus do something great. Anybody here ever see God do something great? Could I see your hands? Anybody ever experience something great from Jesus? Amen. So God does something great. And then right after God does something great, he says, I'm releasing you on this journey. But how many know just because God releases you on a journey, that doesn't mean he's leaving you. So, So he releases them. And when they go on this journey... Then the winds kick up. They find themselves in the storm. They're trying to move. They're trying to move. Nothing is working. They, don't, they, they can't make it. They're like, they're working, working, working. And then Jesus comes walking on the water, and they get terrified. So they're in a storm. Now they're afraid of Jesus walking on the water. He says, take courage. It is I. He steps into the boat, and immediately the winds die down. Immediately the winds died down. In Chicago, you need to ask yourself, why did Jesus send them, and why did he allow them to be in this mess? And then why did he step in the boat, and then immediately the winds died down? How many know that when this happened for the disciples, no matter how crazy it was going on, how many know God already knew the future things that he had for them? God knew the places He was going to take them, God knew the different ways He was going to use them. And yet, after he does this great miracle, he says, "Go on your own, uh, get in this boat, and uh, just uh, uh, you know, just go. I'll, I'll get there when I get there." And they find themselves in a storm. The, the, the reality of life is, is that when you're a Christian, You will find yourself in storms from time to time. Anybody been in a storm lately? Could I see your hands? So this story is all about not letting our hearts get hard, but the title of the message is Managing Your Storms. Managing Your Storms. Today we're going to be talking about how to handle the storms that we go through. In this past week, I've prayed with a number of different people. Somebody got uh, some bad uh, medical news but they are managing their storm do you know uh, a, a day or two ago a little baby came home lucas ortiz who was born preemie and um, had a kind of rough go of it i don't know, was it f- six weeks ago he's been in the hospital but hallelujah i saw a picture of him yesterday he is so cute could we praise god the storm is over and he's home hallelujah And as believers, we go from miracles to storms. That's the way life is. From time to time, the Bible says we go from glory to glory, but sometimes there's a little suffering in the middle of it. We go from blessing to blessing, but sometimes there's a little sacrifice in the middle of it. Sometimes we go through the storm, and that's the way it is. We have to learn how to handle it and not panic, not cry out, not not give in to fear, but say, God is with me. God is good. God is faithful. Look at what it says in Isaiah 43. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep, sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. How many know we can manage our storms in the name of Jesus? And so I want to pray today that God would give us insight on how to manage our storms. The whole purpose of this moment was so that they could understand that storms would come. Listen to this before I pray. So this was the starting point for the disciples. He taught them how to deal with storms. And Jesus knew that these disciples would end up taking the gospel into all the world. Listen to this. Downing Thomas eventually took the gospel into India. Okay. Uh, uh, Peter uh, went all the way to Rome and then they crucified him upside down. The apostle Paul later on, or actually he wasn't there. Other disciples, they went to different places And God knew this was their first storm. It wasn't their only storm. But God gave them a little bit of a storm so that they could graduate and be ready for the next storm and a little bit of a storm. And little by little, they started to develop this incredible strength in faith. And do you realize that sometimes God allows you to go through a storm so that your faith could get get strong? Sometimes you go through a storm so that not so that so that uh, uh, God is a, a, a being a bully and allowing you to go through tough stuff. What God is actually doing is He's using this moment for you to develop your faith. And so, if you're in a storm right now, I want you to know you can walk in power through that storm and you can manage it. So let me pray, Father. Thank you for this day, Lord. And God, I bless you because you are more than able. We sang it today. And Lord, we have college students. We have people who are married. We have, we have senior citizens. God, Lord, we, we are from all walks of life. And you are faithful. You're in this life with us. Just because we go through things doesn't mean that you're not there. So Lord, I pray that you would help each and every one of us. To manage our storms. Lord, no matter what's going on, we declare that you are in control and you can walk on top of every storm in the name of Jesus. So bless this day, bless our time in Jesus' name. So before we talk about how to manage our storms, here's a quick question. Do you realize and do you believe that God knows how to bring the best out of you? See, the unique thing about going through a storm is that when you go through a storm, God causes all things to work together for our good, and God uses even storms. I was, so uh, was it last week? So last week we, uh, it was last week, right? Uh, So uh, uh, last week, right before service starts, a crazy Philadelphia squirrel decides that he's going to climb up on one of our poles, he starts chewing on the wires, and he chews on the wire that brings the power into the building and knocked the power out. I mean, it blew the squirrel up, poor guy. It was a bad day for that squirrel. Um, but we had no power in the building, and Pastor Josh was away. Pastor Josh and Susie were away, and Bailey, um, we told her, hey, you got to be ready if, if the power goes down. But Bailey was ready. How many know you got to be ready in season and out of season? Anybody here, are you ready for the next thing that God's going to bring? Just because a storm comes, when the storm comes, God wants you to be ready. So, hey, we had a great service. Uh, um, she just stood up. She uh, stepped up. She preached. She handled the day. We had a wonderful day in the Lord's house, even though we were hit by a mini storm. When you are hit by a mini-storm, it is a phenomenal opportunity for you to step up the way God wants you to step up. Amen? And God wants to bring the best out of you. So I want to talk about how we can manage our storms. Number one, what you see here is that Jesus comes walking on the water... And he basically says to them, take courage, it is I. First thing that you got to do if you're going to manage storms is you have to learn how to take courage in the storm. You have to learn, here's the key. You have to learn to be able to look at a storm and say, I will not panic. I will not give in to fear. You say, I don't care what I feel. I don't care how ugly this moment looks. I know that God is faithful. I know he is more than able. How many know he is more than able? Amen. And you got to be able to look at a storm in the face and say, I will not bow down in fear to this. I will take courage. Take courage means be of good cheer. It means, it means hey, uh, uh, don't allow this. Thank you so much. I was looking for that. Don't allow, don't allow this moment to put you in a bad mood. On the contrary, say, I choose to be in a good mood. You get bad news? I'll, I'll never forget when I first became a Christian, I heard this story. A woman uh, uh, was, was driving her car on the highway and she was actually a single mom and was like fighting it out. She was just fighting it out. To, to get through with her kids, and she's driving her little car, and all of a sudden, it started to smoke, and she pulls over on the highway, and when she pulls over on the highway, the engine starts to just go on fire, and she stood back, and she's looking, she's calculating. You, you know how when things happen, you start to calculate, right? And she's calculating and calculating, like, oh, no, how am I going to feed the kids if I don't have a car, and on, and on, then she stopped and said, no. No, I'm not going to do that. And she started to lift her hands on the highway. Could you imagine the cars on fire and this lady lifted her hands on the highway and she started to praise God. She said, "God, you're faithful. God, you're good." She started to she started to shout to God in the middle of the highway on the side of the road. And obviously, the fire went up and then the fire went down. But shortly after that, God made a way for her to get a car and God took her through. But don't you realize that God was watching that sister and God was saying, okay, you handle that, now I'm really going to start to use you. Now you're really going to start making an impact. And how many know we go from miracle to miracle, but the storm is in the middle, but God is always more than able. Anybody here ready to take courage and say, I believe you, God, I will not bow down. I will not panic. It's not God's will for us to panic. God wants us to be a of good, a good cheer and say, Oh, we've got this problem? Well, I'm just going to take it to my heavenly father because I know that he is with me. The Bible, the word of the Lord to somebody here, if you're watching online, is take courage because he's right there with you. Just because you don't feel him, just because you don't see him, we can still take courage because Jesus is right there with us. Anybody who would agree with me today and say, yes, Lord, you're faithful. The storms come, but he is faithful. I'm not afraid. Listen to what George General George Patton said. He said, "I learned very early in life never to take counsel in my fears." Okay? Never to take counsel in my fears. Do you know when you're in a state of fear, that is the worst time to be thinking strategy. Don't think strategy when you're afraid. Think strategy when you're full of faith. In other words, when you start to panic, The worst time to make decisions is when you're panicking. We've got to find a way to get ourselves in the place where we say, you are more than able, oh God. And I look at this thing in the name of Jesus. Why? Because the opposite of courage is fear and the equivalent of fear is unbelief. Do you know how blessed God is when you can look at a storm and sing to him and say, you are more than able? God is so blessed when we say you are more than able. You know, this is Veterans Day weekend. Do we have any veterans in the house? Could I see your hands? Any veterans in the house? Come on, stand up. Stand up in Chicago. Come on, stand up, brother. We want to put our hands together. Thank you. Thank you. You know, we were uh, at a grandparents day at school um, this week here in Philadelphia and the kids sang God bless America they sang my eyes have seen the glory and we were able to honor the veterans we are so grateful for those who have fought to keep our country safe and blessed And I want to read a story to you about four chaplains in World War II. Listen to this. During World War II, a U.S. Army transport ship carrying 902 servicemen was struck by a German submarine. Panic and chaos quickly set in as men raced for lifeboats in the frigid waters off the coast of Greenland. In the midst of pandemonium, four army chaplains worked to calm the frightened men on the deck of the ship they worked to distribute life vests to the soldiers escaping into the frigid waters when they ran out each minister simultaneously removed their jacket and gave them to the soldiers they didn't call out for soldiers who were there in the, in their who were in their particular tradition they simply gave their jackets to the next men in line one survivor would say it was the finest thing i've seen or hope to see this side of heaven as the ship went down Listen, survivors in nearby rafts could see the four chaplains, arms linked and braced against the, against the slanting deck. Their voices could be heard offering prayers and singing hymns. Of the 902 men aboard, only 230 survived. Listen to this. Before boarding the Dorchester, one of the chaplains, Chaplain Poling, asked his father to pray for him not for my safe return that wouldn't be fair just pray that i shall do my duty never be a coward and have the strength courage and understanding of men here's the thing about courage as a believer when you're a believer here's what you know that you know at the end of the day at the bottom line no matter what happens to you and i how many know we're going to heaven how many know we will, we're going to be with Jesus. And when we get to Jesus, there will be no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more cancer, no more wheelchairs, no more any of the ugliness of this world. Our eternity is sure. Anybody, anybody here anxious to get to that day when we see Jesus face to face, hallelujah. At the bottom of your faith, the foundation of our courage is this. I know where I'm going, and my going is sure. I know that no matter what, the enemy can do nothing to me because I'm going to heaven. These four chaplains, they said, look, we know we're going to heaven. You take my jacket. We know where we're going to end up. And so even in the midst of that, of that tragic moment they were able to praise him and sing hymns to him because they knew that they knew that he is more than able. In the name of Jesus today is a day to say God give me courage in this storm. Give me courage in this season. You are more than able. You got to say to the Lord God I know that this is difficult. This is even heartbreaking but I choose to say Lord I believe you and I have faith in you and I will not given to fear and unbelief in Jesus name he is more than able hallelujah listen Congress later conferred a posthumous medal for uh, heroism the four chaplains medal upon these chaplains they made a postage stamp it was dedicated in their honor in 1988 February 3rd was established by unanimous act of uh, Congress as annual chaplain's day. These men were honored for their great faith and courage. When it comes to faith, courage is the stance that activates the action of God. So when you get hit by a storm, just know that courage activates the movement of God on your behalf. God loves to see us look at a situation and say, I just got this bad news, but you're more than able, and I believe you in the name of Jesus. How many want to believe God? How many want to look the storm in the eyes and say, I choose to trust Jesus? Come on, put your hands together in Chicago right now. Clap, Clap to God in your house today even. You know, most storms, if they could send me a keyboard player, The thing about storms is, storms happen for the most part when you're alone. Storms are a trip because um, nobody can go through a storm for you. You have to to go through the storm on your own. It's your faith against your storm. That's the way this, this thing goes. It's your courage against your storm and when, when when these seasons come you just you just wait and you say God this feels like a really bad day but I know that you're a good good father we all go through it we all go through it you know when Annie was two years old She got a fever one night, and um, she was a little less than two, right, actually a little less than two. She got a fever one night, so we take her, so I actually, Chrissy stayed with the kids, I took her to the hospital, and um, I never forget that night, it was, uh, you want to talk about the dark night of the soul, this is a strange deal, she got there and they took her blood and her white blood cell count jumped to 50,000. So when, when somebody gets an infection, I think your blood cell count might jump to like 20,000, 17,000. We got some medical folks, right? Hers jumped to 50,000. And because it jumped to 50,000, the doctors got spooked. And they, they did every possible test on Annie in the book. They started to poke her. They started, they did a spinal tap. They started to do all sorts, and one doctor after another. And they started to say, look, this could be something very serious. This is, these kinds of things represent like a a real disease and all that. And I'm standing there, and Annie's like yelling and screaming and looking at me. And it was so, at a certain point, they pushed me out of the room. I remember going into some little closet where you would make phone calls and i got on my knees and i started to cry out to god and say god you got to help my baby lord i i i have no idea what's going on here lord jesus this is and i just cried out how many know no matter where you are you can cry out to god and he hears you you can cry out to him in a phone booth. You can cry out to him in a classroom. You can cry out to him in an office. No matter where it is, you can cry out to God because our God has a ear to hear. You may not see him. You may not feel him. But how many know? Take courage because he is right there with you. And he's as close as a mention of his name. Hallelujah. And I, I just cried out to God. And they said this could be really bad news. And we had to wait. They took her into the hospital. They sent a specialist in. And on and on and on it went. And then it was a close, it was just a false alarm. Because you know what? Storms come. How many know? Storms come, storms go. In the Lord, storms come. Say with me, storms come. And then storms go. That's the way it is. Maybe today you're in a storm. Take courage. Do not bow down to whatever you're going through today. He is more than able. God can walk. He came walking on the water. He came walking on, see the symbolism. Jesus comes walking on top of the wind and the waves. The very thing that was assaulting them, he was walking on top of. How many of know Jesus walks on top of our storms and we can trust in him today? In a few moments, when we go to pray... I want you to get ready, especially if you're in a storm today. I want you to get ready to say, God, I choose to believe that you are near and this will pass. So the first thing is you got to learn how to take courage. you got to be able to muster up the courage of God. Courage is the blind faith that says even when I don't feel God, I trust God. Listen, in uh, Westminster Abbey... Chrissy and I went there um, a number of years ago, and there was a, a, a little kind of a monument of Lord Lawrence. And here's the way they described him. He feared man so little because he feared God so much. And if you're, if you're facing some political, some, some things are coming at you, different people coming at you, Just know if you fear God, God will be your defender in Jesus' name. So the first thing is if you're going to manage a storm, you have to take courage. Everybody say take courage. You got to take courage. You got to courage activates the movement of God on your behalf. Courage activates God moving in power. Then he says take courage. And then point number two is this. You have to discern Christ in the storm. Jesus said, take courage, it is I. Take courage, it is I. It means discern me, recognize that I am here. The key to managing storms is that you recognize, you look for him. Instead of panicking, you start looking for Jesus and you say, when is he coming? Where are you? I'm waiting for you. And he said to them, take courage, it is I. Notice that I am here. Here's what it is I means. It is I means literally, it's me and nobody else. Jesus was saying, it's me and nobody else. How many know when you have Jesus, you have all that you need? Hallelujah. And then he said, be not afraid, which was stop being afraid. Don't give in to the fear. Can you discern Christ in the storm? Discerning Christ means that you start to look for God when things go crazy. And after a while, that's the way this thing goes down. After a while, you start to realize, okay, Lord, I've been through a storm before. What do you got for me this time? So Josh and Susie are uh, away and we got the grandkids. we had an episode on on Friday night. All of us have been a little bit under the weather. And um, uh, my wife had to give James some some cough syrup. And James had a fit. He just did not want to take his medicine. And uh, Grandpa got pretty strong with him. When I was growing up, you had to take your medicine, didn't, it did not matter what it tasted like or whatever, you had to take your medicine. So anyway, grandpa got a little bit strong with the boys and I said, yo, in this house, take your medicine. That's the way it goes. So um, they were like, oh, snap, he's not playing. So anyway, he took his medicine, but he had a fit. So the next day, God just gave me, I said, I, I pulled the boys together. And I said to them, look, I, want, I, I, I just have a story to tell you guys, okay? And I said, uh, it just came to me on the spot. Uh, I, said, I said to them, there were these two boys, and they were really, really gifted. Now, I know that m- my two grandsons, they love NASA stuff, so they love the moon and ships. And I said, there were these two boys, and they were really special. and. Um, uh, they, were, they were so special that they qualified for maybe they could go to NASA uh, in a special program and go on a trip in a rocket ship to the moon. So when I said that, they were like this. And then I said, now, when they, when they um, so they decided only one can go. So it, it, was, it, was, it was either this one or that one. And so they did some tests. So what they started to do, they started waking them up in the middle of the night. And they would wake them up in the middle of the night and they would have to do an obstacle course or they would have to do math problems. And the boys are looking at me like, in the middle of the night, that's right. They would, and they would have to run and do exercise and I'm just going on and on and on. And then I said, but here's the difference. One boy was actually faster and a little bit better than the other boy, but every time he got up he would complain. He would, he would cry, he was grumpy, he had a terrible attitude, even, but he was a little bit faster than the other guy. And then the other guy, he didn't complain, he didn't cry, but he did all of that, and he was just a little bit below. I said, "Who do you guys think? Who do you guys think?" got, the, got picked. And they said, "Grandpa, the one who didn't complain." I said, that's right. It was the one who didn't complain, right? I said, now here's what you have to understand. I said, it is my job and grandma's job and your dad's job and your mom's job to get you ready for opportunities that are going to come in your life. You understand? It's not our job to make you happy every day. Our job is to make you strong enough today so that when the opportunities come, you can handle them and you can be ready to take advantage of the great thing that God has for you. Anybody here believe that God has some great things in store for your life? Come on, put your hands together in Chicago. Hallelujah. Well, do you realize that God knows how to get you ready for that opportunity? Do you realize that a little storm today that will build up your courage, that will enable you to discern Jesus in the midst of it? That is exactly what you need for what's coming your way, and you're going to give glory to God and you're making you're going to make an impact for the for the kingdom of God because you've gone through this storm the way God wanted to you, you to do it and then you learned your lessons that made you ready for the next moment. God uses storms to prepare us for blessings. Anybody here believe that? But what we have to do is discern Christ. We have to say, I see you, Lord. Look at what J. Sidlow Baxter said. He said, what is the difference between an obstacle and an opportunity? Our attitude toward it Every opportunity has a difficulty and every difficulty has an opportunity. And when we see storms as a season to take courage and to say, I'm looking for Jesus in this. And look, a message like today, it's one of those things that if you're not in a storm today, put this in your pocket anyway. because. Sooner or later, you're going to get hit by one. How many have found that to be true in life? Right? I want to close with this. I have this book myself. I have a book in my library called Helps to Holiness. This is, this is a um, book from the 1800s. And I didn't know this, but the way the book was written is that Samuel Brengel, he was a preacher at the Salvation Army in Boston and he was witnessing to a man outside a bar and someone literally hit him in the head with a brick. He almost died. He ended up spending 18 months in recovery. But it was during that time that he decided, well, I'm in this hospital. You know, I'm I'm going through all of this. I can't work the way I usually work. So he started to write, helps to holiness. And can I tell you something? This book has blessed thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people. Because a man found himself in a hospital and he said, I know that Jesus is with me. And guess what? Jesus gave him a supernatural download. And so Jesus is able by his mighty power to visit you in the storm To say, take courage, it is I. There's nothing greater than when God visits you in the storm and you discern Christ and say, I see you, Jesus. I know what's going on, but I see you today, Lord Jesus. I'm waiting for you, Lord Jesus. I trust you, Lord Jesus.